I believe. Welcome to a bed with Stan. Episode 44. by the tone it's early in keeping with the last episode I've recently heard Neil Young say when you wake up in the morning you have to capture all ideas before you turn on some sort of device and get consumerist ideas in your head or kind of you know get news or some things that you can't control and start to affect your mood it's good to just do stuff so this is episode 44 now this is a pretty short episode in which um, myself and Simon from the Rosalies are going to give you a tour of Bristol with a musician's perspective. For foreigners or international listeners, Bristol is a westerly town in the UK where a lot of musicians have moved in the last 10 years. It's, um, although it's still expensive, it's more sort of artistic, they have their own money. Artistic, I said. So although 2020's been a disaster, it's been a very creative year. I've got one final release to play for you now, from me. Second wave album, blah, blah, blah. We did um, a release show where obviously we couldn't get the full band together, so we had a small congregation of myself, Emily and Savannah Gardner, and we did... This version of Danger Zone we're going to play for you now. The EP is out. It's called The Acoustic Wave. Yeah. So that's the final Steve Mahoney release. Although I've had a very creative year and so has Emily. And I've been writing another new album. Which I'm going to release in a smaller scale way. And record here at home so it doesn't cost any money. So best wishes for 2021 for all of us. The reason I'm releasing this um, episode now is that I'm aware of the very muso nature of um, the Neil Young episode which came out and um, the forthcoming Paul Weller episode which has three hours of footage which I need to edit. So in the meantime, I think this is a quite a fun conversation with uh, Simon in Bristol in 2019. If we sound a bit like we're having fun, it's because it's not from this time. I'm also aware of my tone doesn't fit very well with the opening credits of this episode. I know it's a lot more mellow. But you know, this is what life throws at you, doesn't it? It's very hectic and then very um very loud and then very quiet. So excited for Emily's album which is lined up. I'm not gonna give any spoilers away. Shh. No reference to it. So anyway, here's us with Danger Zone 2. Then to follow it. 
we're going to be live with Simon in Bristol in the past. I suppose I should say that this EP, The Acoustic Wave, is available. Get it on Bandcamp. And if you're a musician, don't promote Spotify anymore. We can't whinge about them not paying if we keep promoting them and putting our stuff on it. Bandcamp's the way forward. Acoustic Wave's out now. Merry Christmas for now. We'll see you um, in this futuristic sense in the Paul Weller episode, which is very Cockney. Bye. Everything is fucked and I'm dead There's a target painted at my head Their faces are lit up with blue light All around us we are losing the fight I don't want to be Confined to history I can feel it coming for me Living with our love on the line They're waiting in the car outside I think we'll be the last of our kind Now I'm in the danger zone too Me and you Hello, bonjour, guten tag, konnichiwa Oi oi. Hello mate. Hello. Hello and welcome to Stev with Bev. I'm here live with Simon. I thought it was Bev with Stev. No, yeah, that's my new joke, Stev with Bev. Oh, I didn't know that. Like I've got dyslexia. Right. Oh yeah, do you know the dyslexic joke? Um, two dyslexic guys were walking down the street. One says to the other, do you smell gas? He says, gas, I can't even smell my own name. <laughs> that's where I put a laugh track in, but the car kind of did it for us. So here we are live in Bristol. Brazil. Brazil. Is that it? is that what people from Bristol call it? I don't know, so I call it Brazil. Brazil. I got brittle in Brazil. So this is I think my second time here. Emily says it's my third, but I don't we did a gig here once at a place called Grain Barge. Played with a lady called Georgia Roof who was very good, who looked yeah. a lot like Dobby out of um Peep Show. Peep Show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah do, you, do you know do you ever get it where you think of someone and you can't think of their face, you just think of someone else's? Yeah. That's what I have with Georgia Ruth. So why did you move to Bristol and what's going on? What have you got to say about this town? I can tell you all about Bristol because yeah. we moved away from here over a year ago. Oh, because you hate it now? <laughs> no, because it's, it's expensive. No, we moved to Bristol, I don't know, five, six years ago because of the music scene. Okay. There's just so much going on. Uh, every night of the week you can come out and see many different bands. It's fantastic because it's a university town. So there's It's young, it's hopeful. Young, people are out, they want to do stuff. I think there's a fair amount of money here, so they've got the money to come out and pay and see bands and what. So, yeah, we moved here. So we did. We lived in Bristol for about five years, I think. Well, we lived just half an hour north in a little town called Thornbury. So we would just drive in and out all the time, and it was fantastic. So basically, the context of this is that the Savannas, the Savannas, the back of the Vanners. Yeah, the back of the Vanners. Yeah. Are playing at Kingstown Vaults. Is that what it's called? Kingstown Vaults. Yeah. And Kingstown Vaults and Kingstown, which is where we're walking. And we've just seen the Savannas also play at a festival where it, the weather changed every five minutes. It rained yeah. pretty heavily. Yeah. 
and then the sun was out so it's yeah. a very strange day yeah but the sun wasn't really out long enough to dry anything was it so it was either sunny and damp yeah or rainy and damp yeah and so let's play a record that you like and maybe you're influenced by um, wow here we are what's azado that burgers a nice fiddle shop here though alright yeah, is, it, is that a code for something no no it's a shop that sells violins ok um, are we allowed to play a bit of the Redlands Palomino company yeah let's do it because they are the band that started us playing music really playing, like, they're the band that started us playing guitar and writing together and how's that well when I first met Rebecca who's the other half of the Rosalies my now pedal steel player who's my dad Right. Gave me this CD. So this is going back like 15 years, and said you need to listen to this band. They're effing brilliant. Yeah. And it was the Redlands Palomino first album. Okay. And I listened to it, and I'm like, this is really good. And that's the same time I met Becca. So we listened to it a lot. And in fact, our first date was supposed to be seeing the Redlands Palomino company at the Fiddler's Elbow in near Camden, and she stood me up. Who Becca, Becca did? Yeah, she stood oh. me up. Redlands Palomino Company is actually a company. It's weird because they're a band and they're they could band. all call themselves because it's a company. Yeah. That's quite easy to call themselves a company. I wonder if they have a bank account under that name. Well, I don't know. It's probably not something that's revealed in their music. Are we not going in the fiddle shop? I think it's closed. Oh, because I, I, I wanted you to try it. a fiddle when you can get you to play live on the podcast. No, I don't think you can buy a fiddle at seven o'clock. Not even. For those that don't know, Simon is a wonderful fiddle player or violin. Can you tell the listeners what the difference is between a fiddle and a violin? Yes, yes. So a violin you play sober and a fiddle you play drunk. <laughs> oh, the fiddle is if you're Irish or country, I always or understood. Yeah. And what violin has always felt like classical music. Yeah, is like, that wrong? Yeah, like if you're playing a violin, you're not supposed to look like you're enjoying yourself. It's all very prim and Oh, so it is literally the same instrument. There's nothing about it. Is it a style of playing? It's just, yeah, how you play it. I did hear someone try and tell me once that there was a physical difference in the bridge or something, but I think that's bullshit. No, it's the same thing. Who are your fiddle influences, or should I say violin? In terms of fiddling, though, if you've got any influences, let us know. Um, Well, see, I grew up playing Cajun stuff. Okay, yeah, I remember you saying um, this before. So, yeah, like Mike Doucette and and, uh, old, old Cajun stuff. 
I started off doing that. We're walking down the steps in Bristol. We don't know where we're going. But Lots um, of people smoking in it, Bristol. Is that still a thing here then? Outdoors it is, yeah. Um, it's probably vaping, is it? Oh no, they're cigarettes. Yeah, they're yeah. fully going for it. They're young though, aren't they? Younger than I went me. into a pub. I was in a pub yesterday in North Harrow. And I went down into the toilets. And I was like, I can smell smoke. And then there's just a guy pissing into urinal. Just fully smoking. Really? Indoors. Fucking hell, you don't get so it's still going on in Harrow. It's still the 70s in Harrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is really... And then there was a guy dancing with a full neck brace not just the neck brace that goes round like the surgical ones like when you've broken your neck I got a picture what, like, of it when it's like you've got screws going into like your forehead yeah I'll show you in a sec yeah. I sent it to <laughs> I sent it to someone yeah. and uh, he said is this the bar from Star Wars because it looked like Darth Vader you know when he pulls his yeah. helmet off yeah, at the yeah. end and it looks like he's got a harmonica brace on yeah yeah but yeah, I sent it to my mum as well, and she's like, oh, isn't that lovely that he's still having a great time? And it's like, oh, I feel like such a cynical, snarky bastard now. <laughs> I wasn't taking the piss out of him, but it just looked like an oil painting. Yeah. There was nobody dancing. It was a two-piece Irish band. Was and he then dancing? Or was he, he was just dancing with a young stand? barmaid. If anything, I think he was trying to get his leg over with a 21-year-old barmaid, and he was like an 80-year-old guy with a broken neck. Maybe that's how he broke his neck, getting yeah. his leg over with someone of quarter of his age yeah i mean that might happen Still, to all of us if you want to break your neck that's the way to do it isn't it yeah what fellatio or just i don't know what that means oh no fellatio is oral sex no, i still don't know what that means uh fellatio is blowjob basically yeah i still don't know what that and means. that's why they listen to this podcast it's highbrow material oh, okay. yeah so this is colston hall big music venue okay we saw um we saw emilu harris oh, you did yeah cool. yeah it's fantastic <laughs> She did her uh, Wrecking Ball album again. She re-released that and did that. Um, Is that her big album? I think so. I've got the album with Poncho and Lefty on it. I can't remember what that's called. (laughs) I bought it in Nashville, actually. (laughs) I thought, oh, I'm in Nashville. I've got to have some sort of country experience. So I bought an Emily Harris album that I've never really listened to. (laughs) I think I know this bit. This is really the centre, isn't it, of Bristol? Oh, it's just water. Just piss. felt like, you know, you get that proper pack. Like, because we were in Portugal recently and a bird shat on my back. And I thought, yeah. and I thought the stranger next to me had slapped me on the back. And it, like, it was, it was that hard. real sort of like this. I thought yeah. it was that. And it was this massive seagull shit, like the size of like a big seagull shit, really. So the Portuguese seagulls yeah. saw you but come in and thought, fuck this guy. Apartment, that night, there was a dead seagull on our balcony. Oh, karma. I don't know if it was the same one. Maybe you blacked out in rage and just yeah, pulled its it head off. Me off. Well, You're yeah. a vegan, right? So you're yeah. not going to kill any pigeons. Well, You had every right to, though. He sat on you, literally. Yeah. I think that's... You can almost just... Well, you'd have hurt him. Maybe not kill him. Yeah. But he was dead. Maybe it wasn't the same one. Why are we talking about that? It's a free bit of a soundtrack from Bristol-based buskers right now. This is the harbour. This is a really cool part of town. That's the Hippodrome right there, where they do all the big shows. What have they got at the moment? I can't see. Lion King. Is that Lion King? Oh, no, in there. Fame. It's Fame. Fame, Okay. And there's a little boat here called Under the Stars. And when Becca and I first moved to Bristol, that's the the first... uh, that's the first gig we did, a tiny little boat thing. This is a lovely place. It's lovely, isn't it? A little bit of sun now as well, thank God. It's been fucking miserable all day. And so any other haunts, that, any other memories of Bristol, your best gig here? 
What's the town good for? What sort of experience? Everything. It's like, it's just so broad-minded and forward-thinking. Yeah, the music, any kind of music, what you think? Oh, is that dog shit? Yes. And just, it's just a happening city. I love it. And why, I don't know if we covered it, but why exactly did you come here? For music, yeah. So you knew about a scene? Yeah. So what are the bands on the scene here that you know of that were around when you were living here and stuff? Some of the early bands that we met, there was a guy called Lewis Creven who's a phenomenal guitarist. And, yeah. And he has a band. And it we, was a country folk sort of scene? Because that's no, obviously... No, everything scene. Okay. And there's reggae, hip Ocean colour scene? Ocean colour scene. Yeah. It just literally, it's just amazing. Whatever you want, it's in Brazil. And we came here before we lived here. And this, we were chatting to this musician. We said, well, we've, we've got contacts in Birmingham and wherever we are we said we can sort out some gigs and he said why would I want to leave Bristol I can mm. gig here every night of the week and we were like shit that sounds good and so Becca came to the ed- end of her sort of foundation years of, of being a junior doctor so she got a bit more of a choice in where to go Yeah. and so we came to Bristol and it was fantastic Just wonderful. and is it because you'd had enough of London or this music scene's not what you wanted well I wasn't living in London before I'd, I worked in London in my 20s yeah but we Becca and I had lived in Milton Keynes which well actually a little place called Woburn Sands just outside of Milton Keynes not a lot of music really in Milton Keynes but you're not that far from London and stuff and of course we lived in Nottingham where Becca was at med school so we'd moved around a bit and we were just deciding where where would we go where we wanted to because we were a duo and we wanted to become a band so we wanted to find a bass player and a drummer and get our shit together and so that was kind of the plan and we did we we played lots of venues and oh there was another band i wanted to say they only they were only together for a couple of years called the montgomery's okay and they were one of the best bands i've ever seen just so much energy like cow punk rock and roll sort of country thing they'd be about 15 seconds into their first song and they would have kicked all the mic stands over and tore the place up Mm. snapping drumsticks and just they were wonderful So that sort of scene really, we, we really like that, the um, countryside of things and the country rock. Have you noticed in this town since you come back to it, the venues are shut like they do in London, the music venues, because like a serious amount of music venues are shut. Recently it was a borderline, yeah, obviously 12 bar club. Closing for years, isn't it? Yeah, it's been on the way out. Oh, I think most of them are still going, I think. It's a real testament to the interest because I feel like as a musician, the only way to actually make any money from it is to get in a car and go on tour and sell CDs to baby boomers. Yeah. You know, you get your fucking shit on Spotify and spend your life on a laptop trying to put things on playlists and all that sort of shit. And then you do a gig where nobody's interested, really. Even if, you, you know, I sometimes think, you know, some of the greatest acts of all time, if they're playing in this pub right now, you know, 
Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Neil Young, no one would be fucking interested either. It's just, you know, the way people are now of music, it's like a disposable art form. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems like in towns like this that it's still alive, people yeah. come, because we're going to come to this gig tonight. You've done this before, I haven't been here before, yeah. so this pub will be packed with people that's come out because there's live music. Uh, yeah, I would say it's a wealthy university town. And I think every year it's just pumped full of another batch of students yeah. with a bit of cash who want to go out and have... I mean, all students, all uni students. So this will be studenty tonight, it won't be old farts? Uh, it'll be a mixture. We're perving on the savannas. No, it's a lot of old farts perving on the savannas. Yeah. But that's the savannas, isn't it? You get free hotties in a band. Yeah, it's you, a good it's, spectacle. Yeah. But they're good as well. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like... All, they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are, they're great. Sometimes it's just a real spectrum of people who can be in there and we went to see Ozo Matley two weeks ago in the Fleece in Bristol yeah like hundreds of people in there complete range from you know people with piercings and tattoos and people without piercings and tattoos old young yeah and it just and they pay in the bands you know because yeah. yeah. we did a gig here years ago they didn't know some Adam really and they, they, they're paying a band so it's quite I mean, it, to some extent just, yeah for it, to an English extent yeah I mean there isn't a lot of money to be made as a you know a, a small band mm. there's, there's not a lot of money in music I, I don't know anyone or I know so very I know very few people who can do it as a living yeah yeah. And, we, and we know and a people lot of don't realise people don't realise that people have jobs that are musicians you know it's almost like the greatest show of a musician in this day and age is to make out that you are a professional musician yeah you know and I think you almost Be- Becca and I gave up work for almost a year I think to try and do it full time and we said yes to everything and we did the whole social media thing. We really gave it a go. I've done a period of it as well. Yeah, and it was... You, do lots of, you end up doing cover gigs. Well, no, because we don't do covers. Right. So we, all we do, we're very limited. We only do our own stuff. And, but you um, do have a foundation of gigs. You're good at getting gigs, right? And booking gigs. You've got a circuit almost. Yeah. We've been doing it for a while, so we have a certain venues that we can always get. But... Fuck, this is a hill. Yeah. We're going to sound... We're gonna sound like we're. Uh, I'm alright. You're alright. I'm alright. Right. It's gonna get respiratory. So you did the year. You took a year. Yeah. If you live at home. Yeah. And you're young, or if you yeah. live at your parents. Yeah. I think you could probably go make enough money to yeah. have an interesting life. But you need a stiff at least a hundred pound a day in your life to survive. Yeah. yeah. We're in London anyway. Yeah. And that's just being moderate with your lifestyle. Very moderate. I'm like, I've got two vintage Volkswagens. I've got five kids. Oh, there you go. I don't yeah, know how many kids difficult. I've got. So I, I don't just want to do shit gigs just to make money. I want to yeah. do the gigs that I enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And then you do a day job to pay the mortgage. Yeah. It's difficult. Especially as we're so passionate about it. We would drive a six, seven hour round trip to play a 40 minute slot at a festival somewhere. Happily do it. We were doing yeah. that in 2012, 13 as well. Yeah. But what's been lucky for me, I think, recently is that I've realised that I've managed to make it all the same personality, all the same voice, the person that would sell some product or does a podcast or is a musician. Because yeah. I think, maybe in line with what you're saying, you can't fake it after a while yeah. in the job or in the music or anything. And, yeah, I don't know, that's what it's 
kind of like for me. Yeah, I think people see through it as well. Like, I get a bit of flack because I, I have a sort of cowboy hat that I live in. It's I love the hat and I wear it yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I always wear pearl snappers and bootcut jeans and cowboy boots. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, that makes you you, doesn't it? But that is me. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think that that's just a show or that's what you're on right, stage. Right, but actually, right. when I go to Morrison's, I'm wearing pearl snappers and cowboy boots. Yeah. And at the very least, maybe a, a Cavender's hat. And off the shoulder number. Off the shoulder. I like a halter neck. It gives me freedom <laughs> on my back. <laughs> but like you say, that's just who I am. And, and I've been playing American-type music, Cajun, Zydeco, since I was 12, you know, 30 years. So I think there's an element of be yourself and do what you do. It's quite handy. This is near the hospital, this pub. Yeah, why are you about to into cardiac arrest? Yeah, maybe. If it sounds a bit dodgy. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't put rice in the burrito. No? That would have slowed me down even more. I'd have probably shat myself already. <laughs> Please see me, Ed. you up, though. They're not shot as the Gemini's base. It's mm-hmm. a long road. Are you excited about Rambo 5? Rambo 5? Didn't that come out, like, in the 80s? No, that was... Rambo What's confusing not? everyone at home? I know you've been asking me about this and wanted to hear about it for a while. The first Rambo film is called First Blood. Right. No reference to Rambo in the title. Right. The second one is called Rambo. Yeah. Is it parentheses when there's two dots on top of each other? Or is that hyphen? But Rambo, parentheses or hyphen, First Blood Part 2. It's the third one. It's the second film. Oh, right. The third film from 1988 is simply called Rambo 3. Right. The fourth one, it was a long break, 20 year break. Then in 2008, we had John Rambo, which is the fourth one. Right. And is it still Stallone? Yes. All right. And this. Upcoming one. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Rambo Last Blood. Last Blood. Last Blood. So it's the last one. Yeah. It's implying that he might die. Well, they always seem to wheedle another one out, though, don't they? How do you feel about Stallone? I don't know him. Yeah. I've met him a few times. I and... think I'm probably more of an Arnie man. Are you? Yeah, I like a bit of Arnie. I read his autobiography. Oh, did you? Total Recall. I've got that. Is it any good? It is good. It's, is it he just going, you need goals. You're not, you're not achieving enough. Fuck you. He's very much like that. I like his, he said something about, basically like you sleep six hours a day or something he was saying. Um, and that's the first error. And At least eight. You just get shit done all day and really productive. And yeah. then he said, if you feel like you're not getting enough sleep, like in six hours, then he says, sleep harder. <laughs> when I came to this country, I mean, I went to school. I was working in construction. I was working out my five hours a day. I was taking acting classes from 8 o'clock at night to 12 midnight. I was doing all of those things. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time with the time and I don't have time for this and I don't have that. You have time, you make the time. And he used to break into the gym when it wasn't open, didn't he? Sure. He, actually, most of the books about politics. I didn't realise he was so political when he, you know, when he's back. Again, his though, he seems like a sane choice now politically. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? And actually, people like him. Yeah, he's, it's a very interesting life. From mm. when you think about like Conan the Barbarian and stuff, or whatever it was, like dreadful acting. Bless him. Fuck you. But he's I haven't driving, seen that one. He's driving. He's like, I wanted to make this million, and every time. I wanted to double it. I wanted to make two million, four million, and he did it. He was a millionaire before he even made a movie. Oh, yeah, he was. Or before he was in a movie. And he was selling bodybuilding supplements out of magazines. Like, he was just always businessman. Businessman. Working his way forward, yeah.
Paula, yeah, it's a good read. Bonjour. Thanks for listening, folks. That's episode 44. See you next time. To finish, here is Simon's band, The Rosalies. Keep it simple like the